this is why McCreary's goons are idiots. Because what he should have said is, yes, I know where she is, and I'll take you yeah, to her. Yeah, instead of being like, not here's yeah. where she is. Here's the answer. You don't need me anymore. <laughs> like, he dropped a pin. Yeah. And he was like, here's her exact location. I'll take yeah. you there. And Clark's like, yeah, I don't need directions to my own yeah. house. Please. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to Are The 100 Podcast, brought to you by the Fictionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, B.C., I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And if I was in the arena, I would grab, like, what was it? Like, the long pokey thing? <laughs> That's not what well, it's called. Well, the spear. Octa- Octavia called it the staff. But, but it's, it's a, a spear. spear. Yeah. Because then you can stab people from, like, far away, and they yeah. can't get close enough to you to hurt you. Exactly. It's the perfect weapon. And my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like rooting anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I was in the arena, I would go for the sword, and then I would sit in the corner with, like, the pokey side out and just be like, nobody come close to me. You know you'd be killed, like, immediately, right? Dude, that's what I want. Ah, yeah, right. Good point. Good point. (laughs) Thank you. Today we have words to say about episode 510 of The 100, The Warrior's Will. So we finally figured out why it's The Warrior's Will. Well, I thought I was so smart. I was like, punctuation difference. Because of course you read it and you think The Warrior's Will, like their will to live, their will to survive, you know? And then you're like, but what will they do? (laughs) And it was like, oh... No. No. <laughs> no, wasn't it? it? We thought far too deeply about it. Yeah. Uh, That's so Brit. unfortunate. Yes, Robin. Tudor boot. Giant toot. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I... Have we even booted an episode this season? I feel like... I, I feel like... We have definitely booted Riverdale recently. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, we booted most episodes of Riverdale. Not most of them. Not most... Well... <laughs> Towards the back half... Yeah, okay. Listen. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> Listen. Public service announcement. I miss the heck out of Riverdale. And I cannot wait for it to come back. Even though, like, it drives me nuts. It drives me crazy, but I love it so much. Like, there were mur- there was murder. There was also murder. But it felt like the stakes were lower because you're also like, why is Archie wearing a football jacket to... Uh, a funeral. Why is yeah. Archie wearing a football jacket to <laughs> the, the gang bar? <laughs> oh my god. Which he did. I really hate him. Yeah. So anyway, just thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I did boot an episode, but I don't did I? No, I don't think I don't think we have. Okay, maybe I didn't. Which is like kind of a miracle. Yeah. I feel good about it. Yeah, way to go. That kind of makes me happy. <laughs> Good job. And I I mean I definitely don't boot this one because no. yeah. I mean, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a shoot but I you know it's on the toot side of newt. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> you know? It was a really good episode. Yeah. I I think the the tension wasn't as high but the drama was so intriguing mm. like I couldn't look away. Mhm. So, yeah. Should we get started? Yeah. Would you like to talk about Clark and Maddie or uh Abby first? Um, Abby's is shortest, so do you want to cover that one? Yeah, sure. And there's, I think there's less to talk about here just because this, I think the second part of Abby's thing is happening during the dark year. Right, right, right. So, like, yeah. before, and, like, 
Abby's storyline also intersects with Clark and Maddie's at the end, so we'll yeah. like, leave that one for when we talk about Clark and Maddie. Yeah. Okay, so McCreary and his goons are searching for Abby's drugs. Yes. Nash. That's not nice. Like, that's like that's all Clark's and Abby's and Kane's and Maddie's stuff. That's not nice. There's a new character. His name is Nash. He died again. So, red shirt. Yeah. Anyway, his name was Nash. Well, when they, when they get names. Yes, there was another character who got a name and then immediately died as well. His name was... Uh, Isn't it Robert? No, Cosser. Co- oh, all right. I don't know. It just said on the, like, you know how on the Netflix subtitles, it'll be like, character name, colon, speaks yes. words. Yeah, that's how I know. That's it. So McCreary is going through all of, like, everyone's stuff, basically, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. finds Dioza's book. Yes. Do you have things to say about this book? Um, just that it's exciting and that it already talks about the Sword of Damocles and we know that that is the name of the two-part finale, which is coming up, bro. Yo, I'm like, I'm not ready for it yet. Like literally next episode and then we're on the two-part finale. I'm not ready for it. No. I'm just, I'm actually- Ooh, do you want to talk about next episode and who might be currently seeing it? Yeah, actually right this minute, um, Sam is watching the Dark Gear at preview night of Comic-Con and um, I kind of hate her for it. Yeah. But uh, I also, like, you know, it's cool. Um, I'm actually looking at Dioza's book right here, right now. Oh, great. Tell me more about it, please. Um, So she's got a couple things here. She's got launch codes. Yes, I saw that. Um, She's she's got um how to assemble the hithalodium. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm guessing it's how to assemble, like, a hithalodium bomb. Right. Um, With single or multiple tanks. Mm-hmm. Then she's got the Sword of Damocles, and it says, The Sword of Damocles hangs over your head only by the threat of our money. Yeah, I saw a bunch of this. What is this? Is this, like, a speech she's preparing to give? Or, like, the speech that she said when she was, like, being a terrorist and stuff? Like, what's up? Yeah, I think these are her demands. Today, okay, so here's the parts that I can make out. There's some parts about the Allegis Corporation, and it's a little bit blurred. Men and women ripped from Earth, stripped of their rights, made to move poisonous gas, and then some of it's, like, a little bit illegible. Mm-hmm. And then the speech is very clear... Um, and today we bring you the, to reckoning. Right. And then she's got some stuff to cross out and it says, allow... I'm just trying to... Yeah, no, take okay. your time. Allow us soul landing and reintegration back into our former lives. Landing. Or we will release the full payload of our mining operation onto every capital... And then she's got building crossed out of every country that defies oh. us. 1,700 tons of fuel that will level and burn the cities where you hide behind policies and lies. The sword of Damocles hangs over your head only by the threat of our, only by the thread of our, it says money? I thought it said money as well. Okay. So let's, do you want to talk about, hang on, there's more. Should we talk about the swords of Dam? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So choose your response wisely. Should you refuse, you and all of your prophets will be reduced to dust when blue hellfire rains from the sky. And then something, I think it, oh, your fates rest in your own hands. All we ask is a second chance. Peace is up to you. Yeah. I'm just. This is a monologue she's prepared. I want to see if anything else comes into So I feel like now is a focus. good time to talk about Damocles and the sword of his. Yes. Okay. So I honestly have not done any research on this yet. That is unusual for you. Because it's not relevant yet until now. Uh, of course. Um. So Damocles is a figure featured in single moral anecdote commonly referred to as the sword of Damocles. An allusion to the imminent and ever-present peril faced by those in positions of power. Okay. Then there's some blah, blah, blah stuff. And then this is more relevant. Thank you, Wikipedia. 
According to the story, Damocles was pandering to Dionysus, his king, and exclaimed to him that Dionysus was truly fortunate as a great man of power and authority, surrounded by magnificence. In response, Dionysus offered to switch places with Damocles for one day so that Damocles could taste that very fortune firsthand. Very nice of him. Freaky Friday. Got it. Okay, so basically, so far, Dionysus and Damocles are going to Freaky Friday. Oh my god, stop. Damocles- I'm just trying to make sure everyone understands. Damocles quickly and eagerly accepted the king's proposal. Damocles sat down in the king's throne, surrounded by every luxury, but Dionysus arranged that a huge sword should hang above the throne, held at the pommel only by a single hair of a horse's tail. Damocles finally begged the king that he be allowed to depart because he no longer wanted to be so fortunate, realizing that with great fortune and power comes also great danger. Okay. So it's like the prince and the pauper- but death also. This sounds... <laughs> what, is, what is this going to have to do with like the finale? I don't know. King Dionysus effectively conveyed the sense of constant fear in which a person with great power may live. Cicero used this story as the last in a series of contrasting examples for reaching the conclusion towards which he had been moving in, his, in this fifth disputation. This is Cicero who like wrote a thing. Okay. In which the theme is that having virtue is sufficient for living a happy life. Cicero asked, Does not Dionysus seem to have made it sufficiently clear that there can be nothing happy for the person over whom some fear always looms. Okay. Um, so I can see how this would kind of apply to all of the leaders right now. Yeah, I'm looking for, like, there's another subsection that cu- says culture, art, and literature. So I'm just taking a look at what's relevant there. Um, the phrase has also come to be used in describing any situation infused with a sense of impending doom, especially when the peril is visible and close at hand, regardless of whether the victim is in a position of power. The American president, John F. Kennedy, compared the omnipresent threat of nuclear annihilation to a sort of Damocles hanging over the people of the world. Oh, so we're kind of living that right now. <laughs> yeah, but also nucle- nuclear annihilation is relevant. I mean, it's very relevant, especially because that's basically what Dioza is again threatening. Yeah. And what happened before. Okay, so cool. Yeah, so it sounds um, kind of hoping no nukes actually come into play. Yeah, pass on that one. Yeah. So... McCreary says that Abby doesn't look so good, which Mm -hmm. I think is like very, one, very untrue and two, quite rude. Mm. Yeah. Abby (laughs) says that McCreary is drowning and Mm -hmm. his lungs sound real bad. Isn't that just like so sad? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. If there's any character in this room that I feel bad for, it's definitely him. (laughs) I hope he drowns. (laughs) One of the goons mentions that like Abby's convulsions are coming on and McCreary gets weirdly mad about it. He's yeah. like, I'm the only one who can insult her. Yeah. So he like sends them away and You're not a main character, Nash. Get the heck out of here. Right? Oh, was it Nash who said that? Yeah. Beat it, Nash. <laughs> so McCree decides, oh, this is a perfect time to reveal that Dioza is pregnant with my baby. Yeah. Abby's not exactly impressed by that. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh wow, should I have I been mean, protecting gross. that baby the whole time? Look who the yeah. dad is. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> Abby displays some legendary behavior by throwing absolute shade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, also, I wanted to point out in this scene that um, he says, no one gets in or out. And that's like reminiscent of what Indra did last episode. Thank you. Oh, my God. You are so right. Yeah. So McCreary grabs Abby by the throat. I'm not happy about this. Don't mm. touch her. That's my wife. You're right. And Abby kind of does something interesting where she's like, kill me like you killed the other doctor. Put us both out of our misery. Which is relevant to what... Um... Zeke's been doing. 
Mm -hmm. Mm. And the thing that fascinates me about this is that Abby's saying like, kill me, which means like that sort of suicidal ideation has never left her. But then later in the episode, we sort of see, okay, but when push comes to shove, she doesn't actually want to die. Correct. Yeah. So McCree was kind of decides, oh, okay, let's play a game. We'll see who cracks first. Your addiction or my lungs? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, man, I was hoping it would be your lungs. Yeah. (laughs) So Abby is having convulsions. I love the way Henry and Cusick directed all of this, by the way. Dude. (laughs) He's such a good director. I love all this. Every time he does, like, something super, like, artsy happened, I was like, oh, Ian, you and your crap. (laughs) Right? But, like, he's so good at it because I feel like, especially with this performance, Mm -hmm. he pulled so much, like, out of page and, like, let her really, like, be messy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, you know, when she's sitting up and throwing up from, like, the convulsions and the detoxing and everything, like, it's messy and it's, like, it's not pretty. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Like, I love that he pulled, like, such big stuff out of her. Yeah. So she sits down and writes a love note to her drugs mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. shocks Vincent to bring him in, which oh he's, my like, God. he's like not overly happy with. I feel like he's the kind of guy who's into it though. Stop it. That is not <laughs> his kink. Stop it. I don't want to talk to you anymore, actually. He's a cannibal. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Thanks. That's why, okay, but that's why when she is saying, like, I'm in detox, like, my heart could stop. I was like, yeah. Is this, like, kind of, like, a kink for Vincent? Dude, like, her, her, she was, like, whispering in his ear. I know. I was like, I love how Ian's just like, let's make this, <laughs> let's make this kind of erotic. Yeah, like, let's he pulled it. it, he pushed in so tight on that, like, that, it's so interesting. <laughs> it was super intimate. Yep. And I love that Abby's, like, doing very fake medical stuff. I'm like, you're a doctor. You could probably fake this better. Do you think Abby knows? Like, listen. So, uh, (laughs) she knows that Vincent's on her side now. Do you think Vincent has a crush on Abby? And if so, do you think Abby knows and is using that to her advantage? I think she she must, right? She's a woman. Of course she knows. Yeah. That's, that was a, that was a lost quote. I didn't say I, like, said it on lost, but, but it was a lost quote. I'm so sorry. Vincent is, like, gonna update abby on everyone's aliveness you know like yes. general alivosity like mm-hmm. good health yeah and abby's like oh yeah no i don't care about that i want the drugs <laughs> and i'm like really oh yeah no that's literally not even my priority um i was like the man you love like your boyfriend of the last six years is mm-hmm. on the run but this is so realistic for like addiction right Yeah, it's just like... It's upsetting. She's like, I would love to care about this right now, but I don't. I need you to do something for me so that I can care about it. Yeah, because like her whole body is screaming Mm -hmm. for her to like... And when you saw that the shot that they did where you sort of have like the fish eye and you see like how Abby sees things right now, Mm -hmm. no wonder nothing else is in her brain except for that. She wants to function again. Yeah. So as much as it's, you know, upsetting to like my my cabbie heart, I, Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. But it still hurts. And so, yeah, obviously she and Vincent have, like, the weirdly charged conversation. He's like, and- oh, well, if you want your drugs, then you should just save McCreary. And I'm like, do you want her to save McCreary? I think that's the thing that's interesting to me is I think Vincent just kind of wants to watch and see what happens to everyone. Mm. You know? But I like that even it, Abby in her, like, deepest throes of withdrawal, like, 
you know, is five seconds away from having a heart attack is like, no, I'm not going to save his life. No, he's garbage. Not a fan. Like, she's she's still got the thing where she's like, I'm not doing something because someone told me to. Yeah. <laughs> That's aggressively Abby. Um, so Vincent's like, okay, I'm going to help you out. <laughs> okay. Because I am your pet cannibal. Mm-hmm. Because it turns out he is a cannibal. Yay, we knew it! Because when he comes back, he's like, hello, goons, you are stupid. And then he tells a really, what kind, is this cannibal humor? Because like, I gotta tell you, Hannibal Lecter had better jokes than this. Mm. He tells Abby like, oh, I couldn't get the pills. And then he's like, just kidding, I got them. Yeah. What, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> this, he, the cannibal has jokes and they're not good. No. And the goons, I guess, are kind of smart because they're like, hey, what do you have in your hand? And I'm like, Vincent, why did you grab so many pills? Yeah, he true. grabbed three bottles of pills. So that he doesn't have to do another run later. Good point. So they figure out that he has it and he's like, oh, I don't have anything. There's nothing in my hands. And Abby's what? like, he, really, there's not. He's he's like, oh, I have, a, I have a prescription for this officer. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't. Um, so instead of like doing anything about it, he starts to eat them. So my note on this um, was just in all caps, yummy, yummy. I don't think that you should be allowed on this podcast anymore. I just had to let you know that. Thank you. But like, why the, is, <laughs> I just have so many questions about Vincent. <laughs> well, he says, I know what it's like to need something. And I'm like, you know what it's like to need to eat people? Yeah, I guess he kind of has like, he has a burning need and he's feeding his addition. But is it cannibalism or does he just prefer to kill with his teeth? Oh. Because he tells Abby that he'll finish and clean up. But I'm like, does that mean clean up the blood or are you going to eat him? Are you, are you going to clean the blood with a rag or by licking it off the floor? And that's like so much food to eat. It's so much. Two people? Two whole humans oh. and like all of their organs? Too much. Wait, can do you eat the organ? Listen, Brittany. Yeah, you do. I sure wish I could tell you, but I don't eat people, so I don't know. No, I watched Hannibal. I definitely know. Oh, he okay. def- you definitely eat the organs. Okay. But still, you know what I mean? Okay, so you know how last episode we were talking about that one episode of Orphan Black where Allison fully lets Ainsley die because she doesn't do anything about it when she's fully dying and she could have done something about it, but she didn't? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. (laughs) But at the same time, oh, I guess he had the shot collar on. Abby could have stopped it. Yeah, she like literally had the thing in her hand. Yep. And she didn't do it. But the reality is, if she had won, I mean, she's an addict. And I, I, you know, McCreary frames her addiction as being a disease, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Because addiction is a disease. It's not something that you choose to have. It happens to you. Mm -hmm. So he frames it as, as a disease. And the cure for her disease in her mind is right in front of her. Yes. So what the hell is she going to do except go for the pills? Well, that's the other thing is it's like McCreary's disease is right in front of him too, but it's not so easy to get. Yeah. He can't like reach into his chest and remove it. Whereas Abby can pop that pill on the floor. Mm -hmm. And in reality, you know, she is slipping. I mean, obviously this is rock bottom for her. Yes. But she's slipped so far from her Hippocratic oath that one, she's not going to treat McCreary, even though <gasps> as a doctor, she um, should. Um, um, what? may I please bring up Vincent's line from last episode where he says killing someone and watching and like letting them die isn't the same thing. Oh my God. Exactly. Did he know the whole time that he was going to do that? He's probably just like, I'm going to let you get so far gone and then I'm going to do the thing I'm not allowed to do. 
So maybe he's manipulating her. I don't think he is. I, th I think he saw an opportunity and just waited for it. Yeah. But he did demonstrate here that his, uh, his loyalty, while conditional on getting what he wants, he will also put himself in danger to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, because he went and stole those pills. Yeah. He could have been caught and murdered, but everyone's kind of afraid of him. And the only person he listens to is Abby. Yeah. That's nuts. So on this fascinating subject of Abby, we have baby. a email slash voicemail from a listener who goes by the, the, uh, the, the title King's Token. Okay. We've gotten an email from them before about Riverdale, um, but it was about the season finale, so we haven't really gotten to talk about it on the Riverdale podcast. But mm -hmm. uh, they sent us another one for this podcast, and I think it's really interesting and fabulous. Okay. okay. Let's hear it. Hi. I really enjoy your 100 podcast, and I thought I would share a thought I had about the episode 509. Dioza says to Abby that she took a thorn out of the lion's paw, but he is still a lion. It reminded me of Aesop's fable, where an escaped slave finds a lion in pain with a swollen paw. The slave removes the thorn from his paw and treats the lion's wounds. Later, the slave is captured and sentenced to death by being thrown into the lion pit to be devoured. But when he enters the pit, the lion refuses to eat him, because it is the lion he helped previously, and the lion considers the slave his friend. Oh. It makes me wonder, if Vincent is the lion, at some point, if at some point, McCreary might threaten Abby with Vincent, or give Abby to an uncollared Vincent an anger, or as a punishment. But it doesn't go according to plan, because Abby saved Vincent's life, and Vincent now considers her his friend. Maybe I'm just reading too much into the comment, but the show does love its connections to story and myth. Anyways, keep up the good work. Um, yours truly, King's Token. So, they basically, they did that. I think In it, some ways. If, if it goes farther, I won't be surprised. Like, if it's literally, yeah. like, him, like, actually being like, Vincent, eat Abby, and then he won't. If, if Vincent eats McCreary and that's how McCreary dies, I gotta tell oh. you, I'm gonna love it. Oh my god. Like, I, I really want it to be Abby and Dioza ordering Vincent to, like, like sticking Vincent on McCreary. <laughs> I love that this is brought up because I think as soon as Dioza said, Thorn and Lion's Paw, that, like, we should have immediately been like, I have heard this story before, I know exactly what this is, this is what's going yeah. to happen. So I'm glad it was brought up. I love that theory. I love it. Mm -hmm. And part of it did sort of come true because in order to protect Abby, he did strike out and kill two of McCurry's goons. Yeah. If you want to see some of my gift sets and stuff, you can go on Tumblr. I'm King's Token on there. Thanks. Ooh, gifts. Gifts. Thank you, like King's gifts. Token. Uh, it's, Thank you. If you want to follow them, King's Token, K-I-N-G-S-T-O-K-E-N.tumblr.com. Thank you. You're an angel. I'm still stuck on, is it cannibalism or does he just like using his teeth to kill people? That We're still going to have to figure that out. We're going to have, you know what? We're going to have to make a poll. Oh, did you want to do that right now? Yep. Kate's up. Yay, I'm going to go vote. I voted. What'd you pick? I picked eats people. Good. <laughs> wow, already four votes. <laughs> Wait, really? What else? What, who else said things? Everyone says eat people. <laughs> Fantastic. Important questions. We're asking the important questions. Okay, let's talk about 
Clark and Maddie. They're on a road trip through a bunch of sand. Is this the place where Clark almost killed herself in 501? I believe so. I think so too. Because it kind of looks like the same hills. Yes. They kind of stop for like a little break, I guess. And Clark tries to take the choker off and like, you know, basically pull the flame out. Yes. But Maddie wakes up and is not down with that at all. No. No. So what they do is they decide to have like a wrestling match. You know, like mothers and daughters do. It's cute. Yeah. Maddie asks like why Clark will let everyone die but her. Yes. I don't, like, I feel like Maddie shouldn't have to, what's so hard to, (laughs) Maddie shouldn't have to ask that question. Yeah, what's so hard to understand? Like, obviously, Clark doesn't actually want everyone to die, but she's leaving them to their fate, whereas she actually thinks that she has control over Maddie's fate, because Maddie has been her child for six years. Yeah, and she literally said it this episode. Yeah. Whereas, you know, as, as important as her relationships with everyone in the bunker are, Mm-hmm. Those were six months long. Exactly. Maddie, six years. Yes. It's hard to remember that. Yeah. Maddie says that commanders don't run away. Mm-hmm. And Clark just doesn't agree. Because I think in a perfect world, Clark would have preferred had Lexa run away. Mm-hmm. Maddie says that Octavia wouldn't run away and she's going to get a war. When is um Maddie going to stop idolizing Octavia, I wonder? <sighs> like Octavia- I'm just waiting for that. Like... <laughs> Octavia literally ordered you murdered. To die. Yeah. But cute. I mean, we love I that about it. her. I I get it cuz like Octavia's been Maddie's hero for years and years and years. Yeah. But oh my god, please better role models kid. Like please. Please. Monty, Monty. Monty is the best role model. Clark though has a plan. She's I love that she she looks at Maddie and goes, "What a bet." I'm like, oh, she's sassy today. But she says, okay, she has a plan that would actually solve all problems. And I'm like, when did you come up with this plan? Because it really would solve all problems. Yeah. She says she's going to tell Dioza that Octavia has the eye. And she's going to tell Octavia that Dioza knows she has the eye. And then they can figure out what they want to do from there. Which is basically what just happened. Yeah. But they can figure out, you know, they can figure their stuff out. And I'm like, hmm, this is information that would have been more useful yesterday. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it's a great, it's a, it's such a Clark plan. Yeah. It's the, it's the secret third option. Secret third option is open communication. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So Clark has this amazing plan and then they open the back of the rover and surprise worms. Dude, those are coming back. Yeah, check off some worms because she threw them and they smashed. But then they very deliberately showed those worms on the ground. Yep. So literally Miller's going to walk right freaking through them. Oh my god, Juan Cruz going to walk through the worms. Uh-huh. Oh no. Like literally they were like, oh, we have to avoid sandstorms. But you know what we won't avoid? Our own weapon. Right back in our freaking faces. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh god, who's going to die of worm? Ooh. <laughs> That's going to be the worst death. Like, it's going it, to- that is the least dignified death. Listen, um, I'm not saying that I want it to happen, but it would go real full circle if Octavia died by worm. Especially since she still has, like, the worm bandage on from last time. Yeah, and she all- she was almost eaten by a worm in the pilot. Oh, hella full circle. Yeah. Like, I I also don't want that to happen because it's, it's not a dignified way to go. No. But if it did, it would be narrative poetry. Yes. Mmm, that's gross though. <laughs> <laughs> so, when we next meet Maddie and Clark? Yes. Um, still on a road trip. Yes. But Maddie is having a nightmare about Becca? 
Yes, I have a question about this, please. I bet you it's the same question that Sam had and I have. Okay, what is your what is your question? Um, how did they get the memories if she was burned alive? Yeah, how'd you get the flame out? Did you take the flame out right after she started she finished screaming or like yeah. How did this happen? Because Becca says when she's yelling that the flame is the key and could change everything. Yes. So is it in her head or not? Hmm. Excuse me. I have a question. I have an answer. I don't know if you do. (laughs) Hmm. Um, uh, okay. Oh, wait. Mm, Okay. So my first question was... The things that we are seeing is, like, somebody looking at Becca. So what if they already put the flame in another commander, and then the f- com- that commander watched Becca die? But then Maddie says, like, I was her. So now I don't know. Yeah, because one really cool thing that they could have done is if she had injected, say, Cadogan with Nightblood. Yeah. He could theoretically have had the flame in his head, too. Mm-hmm. And it would be, you know, him feeling it, but, or showing us, but it, that, it doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so confused. Not sure how the logistics work. But, like, regardless, biblically, he basically has, like, a witch burned at the stake. Yes. And it's not a witch. She's just practicing science. She's just a scientist. But you can see, like, even in today's world, how cult leaders would be so threatened by that. Oh, yes. Especially because he was proved right in terms of the apocalypse. That would give him... She is man of science. He is man of faith. Precisely. And he doesn't want her around. Uh So um, Maddie thinks it's a dream, but Clark says that it's a memory. Yes. And she says that Maddie can take it out. But Maddie says, no, I will just put it back in again because I'm a teenager. Yeah. (laughs) And she says, you'll just have to destroy it. And that's the ultimatum that Clark will never be able to... Yeah. And Clark's like, I can't! Ugh! She couldn't do it in season three. No. So what makes you think she could do it? Which means Clark has kind of been holding on to Lexa this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, sort of knows that she's out there somewhere in the flame. One of the things that I was thinking about in this episode was like, they're like, oh, Gaia, you made a commander. Now Gaia's like, oof, good thing I don't have to keep track of where the flame is anymore. Yeah, it's in a person. I don't have to worry about losing it. Now I always, now I know where it is. <laughs> the flame needs GPS. So anyway, back to Maddie. Yes. Who is in, has the flame. Um, she's dreaming again. <laughs> Maddie spends most of this episode asleep and screaming. Same. <laughs> but she does a great job. Like, Excuse Lola's me. <laughs> asleep and screaming. Can I please? Can what? I please insert that one clip of Trixie screaming, pretending that she's screaming in her sleep, please? Yes. Okay, thank you. Well, just like any 27-year-old cross-dresser uh, fading reality star, I sleep like this. Maddie's asleep again. But uh, again, like, Lola does such a great job with this performance. Like, her terror at stuff is amazing. Um, Clark wakes her up because I guess it's, like, not as bad a nightmare. And Maddie Maddie is kind of shocked because the flame is still in her head. Clark didn't take it out. Yeah, you wouldn't have felt that, buckaroo? Yeah, well, that's a good point. (laughs) But, you know, maybe when she's so deep into those nightmares. Uh Uh-huh. But Clark says she can't destroy the flame. Yes. And then she says, well, maybe she won't have to because, you know, maybe she can just convince Maddie to take it out herself, you know? Just, you know, have you seen enough, kid? Like, are you ready to take it out? She really thinks this is going to work. Yeah. Like, Clark, you know your kid, right? That's not going to work. She's stubborn like you are. And Maddie won't take it out. She says that the commanders want her to see and feel their memories. So that's, again, 
more con- like concrete proof that the commanders pick and choose what memories Maddie gets. And Clark says, okay, fine, the flame. Which is exactly what we said, snaps. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Clark says, okay, well, fine, the flame can stay for now. Cause she's, I think she's really convinced that Maddie's gonna take it out herself. Clark thinks that? Which I think, yeah, I really think Clark thinks Maddie's eventually gonna take it out. Oh, you mean eventually, like not recently. I was like, she literally yeah. just said she'd put it back in. No, I think that like, if Maddie is traumatized enough, she will take it out but i think that clark's not taking into consideration that kids have ascended for a long time with the flame in their head Mm -hmm, like look mm -hmm. at where lexa came from yeah they literally said that's the age lexa was exactly speaking of lexa she asks maddie if she can see lexa okay yes (laughs) no um no that's just like good content thank you yeah i'm i'm in pain but i'm happy about it yeah you're gonna suffer yeah yeah but you're gonna be happy about it best line so uh you're gonna suffer Mm mm-hmm but you're gonna be happy about it. Maddie knows that that is why Clark is scared and because commanders die badly and Clark doesn't want that to happen to Maddie. <laughs> I just imagine Lexa be- being like, she doesn't want to talk about it because she still has a crush on me. Uh, yeah, I would say so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lexa's- also, this is the first time I noticed that she had those like pop lid tabs on her jacket. I think those are dope. Oh, really? You didn't notice that before? No, I never noticed that. It's it was in the season four finale. Oh, <laughs> dummy. She's dumb. Maybe she brought it up. She doesn't remember. But like, where you get those? Becca's fridge. Um. Also, Clark calls Maddie her child here. So thank you. Yes. Big mood. I I just really love this relationship. It was good. It was good. Big fan. Big um, fan. So Maddie and Clark are taking a walk through the woods. Yes. Which sounds that sounds nice. That's like a good mother daughter activity. Yeah, I go on walks with my mom sometimes. Yeah. Not in the woods because mosquitoes, but yeah. (laughs) Because mosquitoes. Yeah, actually, same. That's why I don't go outside. So Maddie and Clark are making their way back. And Maddie's like, why are we going the long way around? I don't want to walk more than I have to. Same. But she's gonna. So tough. Maddie tells Clark that um, she should use her as leverage because Bellamy did that same leveraging to save Clark. I love this smart advice like maddie coming in with the good advice because she has literally like generations of leaders in her head she's the smartest person ever now and that she's really still really mad at clark for leaving everyone and i'm like are you not also kind of mad that i guess she doesn't really understand that she was kind of coerced into taking that flame considering it was something she was so afraid of when she was a kid i wonder what makes her unafraid now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know like why is maddie so determined to be a good leader. Yeah. And maybe it's because it gives her a purpose. Her only purpose for the last six years is sort of to be Clark's ward. And now she gets a taste of what it's like to be Octavia mm-hmm. and to be Clark, mm-hmm. to be a real leader. So um, she reminds Clark that like Bellamy's probably dead now. Silly Maddie. Oh my God. And she says it with such a straight face. That was hilarious, yeah. actually. <laughs> and Clark's-, Clark's like, what the heck? How rude. Like, if they had done, like, a zoom in on Clark's, like, widening eyes, I would have been laughing so Oh, hard. my God. Can you imagine Clark, but with a Jim Halpert face to the camera? Exactly. Shelly's <laughs> <laughs> probably dead now. Womp. <laughs> Stop. Maddie is, like, a rebel child and wants to save the defectors that McCreary is executing because they're, like, yeah. We- yes, including new character, Cotter. Yeah, and they're, like, we don't know where Dio's is. And I'm, like, why don't you know? Because... They ditched him. Why? I don't know. Well, that's another thing is it's just like, oh, 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 oh. Okay, so uh, Echo and Co 
plus a bunch of defectors were leaving and they're like what about the other defectors and she's like we don't have time and i guess like dioza also was like we don't have time so they were left i guess i i'm guessing i kind of assumed that i kind of assumed that they were with um kane oh they were with kane except he was on the other side of the camera that's why i was confused so i guess i don't know We'll see. Anyway, my nose is itchy and I'm going to scratch it real quick. Okay. <sighs> Maddie wants to save the defectors because they're her people. That's a big deal. Yes. They're like Shallow Valley. You mean Shallow Valley or like Lexa's people because they are the commander's people? They're, they're the commander's people. Gotcha. And then she very nicely reminds Clark that um, Abby is a defector too. Yes. <laughs> She's just... <laughs> Coming in with the smart. Maddie's just digging. Maddie's digging that knife in because she is a kid mad at her mom. Hey, guess what? Here's a bunch of facts. Which is, I feel bad because, you know, all Clark's trying to do is be like a good parent. And she's just so emotional and just ruling with her heart right now. Mm -hmm. And I get it. But Maddie's like, hey, dum-dum, you made a lot of really bad choices. Yeah, oopsie daisy, huh? Uh, Because parents are only human. Mm Mm-hmm. But Maddie didn't have to go that hard. No, she went nuts. <laughs> that hurt my feelings, too. So McCreary... Bellamy's probably dead by now. Your mom should be dead soon, too. And I was like, oh, dude, stop. That's too much. <laughs> you went too hard. McCreary makes one of the, bo- the goons bury all the bodies. Yes. And for some reason, that reminded me of when they made Ben Linus dig his own grave. Yes. Oh, absolutely, yes. That happens in season six. Yeah, which always made me laugh. Yeah. Because it's, what are you doing? And Ben's like, I'm digging my own grave. Hello, Ben. What are you doing here? Visiting. What are you doing? I'm digging my own grave. Why? <laughs> People who are still on season two of Lost are like, who's Ben? <laughs> who's Ben? This show is such a delight. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Like, well, it's a long story, actually. I can't talk about anything else here, but I, I just love that moment. Why? 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 Um, uh, well, I wish I could tell you, but... Womp. I like that Clark and Maddie <laughs> waited until he was done yeah, burying the bodies like, and then snuck up on him. It's like they made him do all that manual labor for nothing. Because yeah. <laughs> I guess... He really did dig his own grave, didn't he? The last thing he ever does is, is dig yeah. his own grave. They want to know where Dio's is, and he's like, I don't know, we're looking forward to. And Clark's like, okay, well. He's like, literally nobody knows. Weren't you paying attention to what we were talking about? Yeah. Like, we wouldn't ask if we didn't know. So, uh, y'all aren't great at <laughs> listening, I guess. But he does know where yeah. Abby is, and he could, she's, he, this is why McCreary's goons are idiots. Because what he should have said is, yes, I know where she is, and I'll take you to her. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, instead of being like, here's where she is. Here's the answer. You don't need me anymore. <laughs> like, he dropped a pin. Yeah. And he was like, here's her exact location. I'll take you yeah. there. And Clark's like, yeah, I don't need directions to my own yeah. house. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a bunch. I'm going to go now. I'm going to go now. Stop it. It, it slipped out. Yeah. Don't mock my accent that somehow randomly comes across even though i'm from alberta and shouldn't have one yeah my favorite and scariest part of this episode i think is this part is maddie slitting his throat and telling clark they would have heard the gunshot she knows she knows and also now that she's seen clark's Mm -hmm. ruthlessness 
And Clark has very coldly murdered someone in front of Maddie twice who has tried to help them. So now that's a lesson that Maddie's learned is we kill those people. Exactly. Like as if, as if Maddie kills a dude and Clark like puts her in a timeout and she's like, hypocrisy. Yeah, he's like, oh, what? So you can kill people, but I can't? Yes. Yes. I have the flame in my I'm head. I'm an adult. <laughs> I have many adults in my head. So they, they go, they finish. There's at least like eight in here. How many people, how many commanders do you think are in there? Ten. I'm going to say 12, just because this show loves the number mm. 12. But I think we're, we're close. Well, I'm going to say 15. But because- how do you go through 12 commanders in 96 years? Oh. Are you saying that number is a high ball or a low ball? A high ball. 96 years and they had 12 leaders? Okay, so 96 years. How long is everybody... So how how old was Lexa? Uh, I think Lexa was like 19. 19 and Maddie is 11. So that's yes. 8 years. So they 96 all divided by... 96 divided by 8 is 12! Literally it's 12! I'm not saying that I'm a genius, but I might be a genius. Oh my god, fam! They set us Guys. up for the math. Oh, they snap. They set us up to Snaps do the math, ready. and we did the math, and we figured it out right just now. God bless. Where did you get I would not. Where'd I get what? 96 That's years how long from. the Earth has been simmering in radiation. Yeah, but did you add the six-year time jump? No. <sighs> we look very stupid. Close enough. Close yeah, but enough. but it was exactly 12, dude. Okay. 90. No. 10. Eight? Oh my god! 108, right? No, 102! I didn't go to school for math. Anthony, <laughs> Anthony recorded a whole video just to be mean to me. What? <laughs> I kept... I wasn't sure if the ghost flowers were real, like the ghost yeah. apple flowers. And I was like, oh, it just occurred to me that those aren't real. I'll see myself out. And he starts messing with me. He's like... Yeah, I saw that. I thought you were talking about the plant, not the actual type of plant. No, it's the plant. Like, whether or not it was real or not. So he just recorded... Yes, whether or not it was a real plant. Yes. Yeah, he just recorded a video of him... I know, I... Okay, I'm looking at Pulling a sheet off from today. So clearly it wasn't real, and I was right, and I hate him. (laughs) That is so... That is so mean. What the heck? Anyway, so 102... So speaking of... Speaking of... Years... Uh-huh. Divided by eight years uh-huh. is 12.75. So 12 is still a good number if people, you know, a couple people went a little longer than eight years. But dude, we were so excited and everything went to garbage. And wouldn't that technically make Maddie the 13th? But no one has been in the flame for six years. Question mark? Mm? Yeah. So, but if that makes Ab- or Abby... <laughs> If that makes Maddie the 13th, then that plays along with this show's, like, fascination with adding the extra special 13. The Sky Crew was the 13th clan, and Becca was the 13th station. Right, 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 yes. Also, do you think that the commanders were bored in there? Um, no, because that's not how the flame works. Were they just, were they just asleep in cryosleep the whole time? Or were they like, yeah, Gaia and Co, well, it, shut up, it, we're trying to sleep. I mean, because te- technically it's an AI and they do present their memories and their wisdom through like actually visualizing themselves. So I would, I think it's a fair argument that they are kind of in there kicking right. around. Because when they went to the City of Light, Lexa was there and yes. she was Lexa. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so what we're, 
What new hobbies would Lexa come up with in six years while she waited for a new Makeup person? tutorials. Oh, yeah. Duh. She probably tried every type of eyeliner there was. Knitting? Yeah, she had to knit herself a new cape. Jogging? Oh, uh, but at what cost? I think Becca definitely took up um, fire, like, mm, safety and mm, prevention mm. classes. Yeah. You know? You know? Huh. What else would Lexa do? Really, a lot of um, sword fighting. Maybe she watched a lot of Star Wars and learned how to build her own uh, lightsaber. Becca built her a lightsaber. Photography. Oh, photography. Yes. Great. <laughs> well, now we've come up with this lovely list of hobbies that Lexa could have done. Shall we move on? I mean. <laughs> what? No. You know what she did? She took up drawing so that she could also Aww. draw pictures of Clark. She's like, now I've drawn yeah. pictures of you while you are sleeping. Exactly. Anyway. Maddie, um, yeah. Maddie has a big day, I think, because she has a lot of nightmares. She meets Lexa, like, you know, um, she meets all the commanders, and then she meets her grandma. Cute. And that doesn't go great, um, on account of grandma has overdosed. I'm not quite sure how that happened. Well, she's, she usually before was just taking two a day, and when he, like, dropped all of them on the ground, she, like, lifted them all up, and me and mom were like, oof, that's a bunch of them. Yeah, I, I wondered, because yeah. she put one in her mouth. And again, I yes. love how messily she did it. Like, I love that Paige really let herself just do anything. And I think it was, like, obviously because he yes. was, like, an actor's director. Um, they obviously had, like, a lot of conversations about letting herself just go to that dark place with Abby. So when she's holding them up, it's like she's popping m Well, like, that's another thing. Is it's know? like, I brought up on the last podcast, there's a character named Danielle Rousseau. And, like, she allows herself to just ugly cry. She'll just cry and she'll just go nuts with it. And she doesn't Mm -hmm. worry about looking graceful and looking pretty. And that's like super real to me. So I support what Paige is doing here. Yeah. I think Paige Turco, especially in this episode and probably in next year or next episode based on like the trailer, went to some really dark and like deep pulling places to like yank this out of and show Abby Mm -hmm. in this place. And I think it's just, it's an, it, she and Marie in this episode especially are just tour de forces. Um, so she's overdosing. Um, Maddie meets her grandkid. And um, well, that's probably going to continue next episode. What do you think? Um, I think it certainly will. Unless it's a bottle episode just talking about the dark year. Yeah. And I for sure like don't know anything even though Sam finished watching it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything. Oh, you're lying. So don't ask. Oh, yeah. I see. No, no, I... Uh, would I tell a lie? Um, yes. No, Sam is a professional woman who actually hasn't told me anything, even though I have asked. Well, hey, as soon as we're done recording here, she can tell you anything she heckin' wants. She's not going to because she's literally a professional press and she's like, I can't do that. As if we're going to tell anybody. Do you want to talk about our Patreon real quick? And then we have another voicemail. Oh my god, yeah, let's talk about Patreon. So here's the part where we do our- <laughs> <don't> know, they, <laughs> so- they know it's coming, so we're like, oh, sorry, bud. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really sorry, but we, we have well, we're we have to do it, but if you want to skip it, God, you're so valid and I support you. Yeah, go ahead. Whatever. We so yeah. You, um, know. you yeah. already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados. And we basically use all of the money that is donated by you guys to help run and pay for all of our costs, which include hosting fees and our equipment. So if you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate any support that you can give us. Um, if you can't, that's totally fine. Especially, 
We recently ran a survey and a lot of the questions were, I want to donate, but I can't because my parents only have a credit card. And I'm like, you know what? I love you guys. Yeah. They're like, I want to, but I don't have enough money. Thank you. Thank you for wanting to. That's what it means a lot to us that you want to. And uh, if you want to fill out that survey, it's like really quick. And some of the questions are just like, what's your favorite chocolate bar? Uh, It'll be in the description. We would love to hear from you, figure out um, some things that you like about the podcast. We can keep doing that. And some things that you think we could work on. Yeah. Yeah, because constructive criticism, especially some of the stuff that we've been getting, really helps us. Yeah. Because we just, we want to be better and make sure that you guys enjoy this as much as we enjoy making it. Yay! So, um, yeah, so we've got the Patreon and the survey, and uh, we love you, and those are all the points that I have to make today. Yay! So what's new? We have another voicemail! Oh my god, two voicemails in one episode. We are so popular! Um, who's this one from? This is from Iman. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. I literally googled it. I hope that's right. If it's not, please tell me. But okay. she's from Paris. Ooh! I know! We stretch far and wide here at the Aficionados. <laughs> I, um, if, um, Paige Turk on Henry and Cusick are announced for Spacewalkers 4 next year, I will be going to Paris. Dude, so. hit up Iman. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I want to meet her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Hi, this email is entitled Tale of a Recovery or in which I speak about Bilark and thank Jason about his tweet. He wasn't joking about season 5B being a roller coaster. So true. Um, one thing that she mentions at the end of her email slash voicemail that um, I think she'd probably want me to mention beforehand as well is that English is her second language. And so, yeah, just please be kind. <laughs> Oh my god, if anyone would ever say anything, she can speak two languages. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) That puts her ahead of both of us. Yeah, literally, I can't do anything. (laughs) You're the smart one here, Iman, not us. (laughs) Bonjour, Brittany et Robin. As I'm trying to stay calm while I'm riding you in the subway, I'm starting to think that being able to display a straight, ordinary, bored face is very complicated after watching the last episode. (laughs) Relatable. I'm sure you already understood. 509 left me speechless. Imagine yourself waking up early this Wednesday morning, so excited for an episode that you were craving to watch for so long before leaving home, and after that, you were left so shooketh. <laughs> yes! That's my girl! Paralyzed. It's not like the sneak peek led us to believe that hope is still there. In fact, not really. Mm-hmm. But hey, we're still breathing, right? As optimistic as we are, we deeply still believe that happiness is possible in this apocalyptic world. In this perspective, I want to break down everything that happened with Belark. Since you spoke about them in the last podcast, I let my inspiration taking hostage to my computer in order to write a little meta that no one asked. No, we asked for it. <laughs> I want it. We actually did ask yeah, for it because we, we want did. to know everyone's Belark thoughts. Yeah, we, we sure did. And hey, yeah. if you have Bellarg thoughts slash thoughts at all that you think we maybe missed, send us an email slash voicemail slash both. Basically, what's been happening is people would send me emails and then I say, cool, you want to write Horde a voicemail? And they go, sure. <laughs> and that's how it's been going. So our email is aficionadospodcast.gmail.com if you also want to send in your thoughts. Thanks. Yes. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's go. First point in which I felt like Belark might cross the line, but now they've just fallen deep down in the X zone. Yeah, I get it. Well, the Belark shipple that I am truly desired one thing from the beginning of the season 5. To get our two beloved Fav to talk about them. About how they survived. I want an emotional discussion about themselves and not about the other. 
conclusion, we have been pr approximately served. If a lot of people wanted the angst, we got it, and damn, I didn't know it would be so painful to watch, like, like 305. The mere fact that the tension was all about the flame and Maddie surprised me. In a good way, though, but I wanted it to be about their survival. Thrown into the arm of the unexpected, Mara suffocated as I felt sadness violently surround me. It's not a surprise. <laughs> like Bob and Eliza said, Bellamy and Clark have different priorities, different families. Mm -hmm. They will do anything to protect them, even if they have to put in danger somebody. Bob and Eliza did absolutely warn everyone at the beginning of the season yeah. that their priorities were mm -hmm. not aligned. Yeah. Bellamy, who was probably overusing his head, forgot the love Clark has for Maddie, basically her daughter. He practically manipulated the little girl. I'm not saying it's not a good plan, but I'm trying to say that Bellamy should have considered how much important she is for Clark. Mm -hmm. It may have been torturous to put her in danger, but it is even more when he left Clark in that cell when she was screaming at him. Or when she slapped him even more. She's right. Whoa. I knew he deserved it, but however, I never expected Bellark's relationship to take such a turn. Both now have to fade the emotional and physical pain. I, you know, I also didn't really see it coming mm. for them. I mean, did you? I mean, if you look at, like, if you watch them in season one, and you're like, one day she slaps him, I'm like, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for sure, it's more else, believable then. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, 509 reminded me, reminded me a lot of 305 and 411. Same. Clark chained up Bellamy in order to keep the room, the human race safe so that he wouldn't open the bunker to save Octavia. Here, Bellamy doesn't unchain Clark so he can find a way to get to Shallow Valley without a roar by making Maddie the true commander. And the end, it is Bell who has to die and not Clark anymore. Parallel as everywhere, no, I'm not crying. <laughs> I feel like you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> the way of guilt is heavy for both characters until it's eventually, well, explode, spreading in the process the depth of their feelings. Maybe we get eventually there by the finale. Yeah, I agree. Point two. The together line or in which the show like to likes to foreshadow the possible canon. The word together can literally be the anthem that rhythms the whole show. Each time it's, it is said, I'm triggered. <laughs> I get it. It reminds me a lot of, of a singular aspect of literature that I've been studying a lot in university. Uh, because I'm currently uh, doing uh, literature and media and audiovisual studies. Um, cool. Yeah, right? Especially in plays. Five acts are usually written. The fifth, which is usually the last, cover the rebuilding of and the rise of a relationship after an emotional injury of the third act, mostly Arikama from um, uh, 305. Mm -hmm. Right now, we reach the climax. The, the climax. Your hate. A slap in this context. What, what will happen next? Maybe a final, real exchange between those two fed by guilt, love, sadness, and regret. An ending where they'll potentially bond. Mm -hmm. Moreover, the expositionary scene 
which is the first scene of the first act, deals with a future event willing to fulfill the destiny or the journey of the protagonist. Remember, nothing will change in the ground. It's a sentence said by Bellamy to Echo in 501. And seriously, I. Believe something completely different is going to mark their relationship. Also, the word "together" said in 508 is very important to Belark, because they maybe have separated, being separated for so long. But at the end, I still believe they will be, they will get together. Okay. Um. I mean, together is a big theme for both Belark and Cabby. They've both said that. In terms of leadership and in terms of like friendship mm-hmm. to each yeah. other. Then there was a part that uh, she included in her email, but not in her audio clip that I really enjoyed. So I'm going to read it now. Okay. I'm merely saying that some little signs are left in each episode, indicating the romantic arc is beginning to set its roots through Bellamy and Clark's relationship. I mean, the way camera angles convey a brand new, intimate form of interaction pushes to believe that they might be canon. So many close-ups. She's right, yeah. especially um. Their reunion hug. Mm-hmm. That was that was like one of the first indicators that I saw where I was like, okay, if they wanted to make this canon, th- this could be used as p- part of the buildup. Mm-hmm. Well, we can we can say that it is primordial, I guess. Yes. <sighs> Point three: a traitor who you love. Without Echo, was the original traitor in five o six. 508 introduced us Clark through this phrase. Now some people, indeed, some people would ask, what about Echo? Yeah, Echo is still occupying a huge place in Bell Bell's heart. They're in love, and no one can stop that. I like Echo. I have nothing to say about the Be- the Becco relationship, with the which is sometimes a real problem uh, that re- that the fandom really um, have a problem. You know, with,、mm-hmm. but no, I think it's a little bit normal. It's quite interesting. But this book is about the traitor word. Yes, Echo is still occupying a huge place in Bellamy's heart, and they are in love, and no one can stop that. That's why O's line in the last five minutes of five o eight has a double meaning. The word "traitor" represents Clark as well as the banished Echo. We are able to understand that both women are put on the same level. Nevertheless, there's something incredibly different between those two relationships. Okay, I would agree with that. Yes, I don't know about you, but I was pi- pictured this. Echo is a projection of Clark in which Bellamy leaves his love with her. Remember, remember during the. Echo,、uh, love scene in five o six. His hand were on the on her back, and the transition to Clark was focusing on the exact same location of her hand while she was packing her bag. Through Echo, Bellamy tries to put all his protection aside in order to not reproduce the same mistake from the past. Um, that's explaining the reason why he fo- he refused her to defect alone. He practically begged Octavia to understand the woman she had become during those six years, but at the end she left with a very hot goodbye scene, officializing their upcoming distance by a very intimate closeness. Which they also did with、um, Gina and Abby. Oh, Gina.、Um, I I like the idea of like the pa- the physical parallels、yeah. 
But I don't know if I 100% agree that Echo is like the replacement because Bellamy can't have Clark. Mm -hmm. Because I think that devalues Echo, the work that Echo did to become someone that Bellamy like could love. And I think that the um, evidence that we've found here and that Iman has found is like totally valid and, and visually very, very, very good, very apparent. Um, And perhaps Mm. the show is doing that. I just don't like it. Yeah, it, it, if if it is doing that, I'm not a fan of it. But for that interpretation, I would argue that that would be more. Um, do you remember that girl that Bellamy was dancing with Brie in season f- Brie? Yes, that was like a Clark replacement to me. Yes, because she looked just yes. like Clark. I mean, there was no escaping that one, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Echo is very much her own person and her relationship with Bellamy is very much its own thing. And then Bellamy's relationship with Clark is very much its own thing as well. They're not an intersecting Venn diagram Mm -hmm. unless the Venn diagram is just like, you know, the thing that they share is Bellamy. But I mean, I could see why you would interpret it that way for sure. Because visually they do parallel each other quite like, especially pointing that one out. I was like, oh, I didn't even notice that. And here comes the huge difference with Clark. Bellamy doesn't beg. He acts, and he puts in danger the life of his own sister. She may have been hurt on the floor back in their physical fight in 506. However, Octavia in 508 is currently lying on the ground, unconscious. Mm-hmm. It tells a lot about how he, can't, how he can't forgive himself to lose her again. What a beautiful and heartbreaking act of love. But now, 509. The expression is more of the traitor, is more focused on Bellamy. I don't know you, but if you, I don't know if you agree with me, but Nine is particularly taking side with Clark in her struggle to protect Maddie. Yes. Like Belle said in the previous episode, mama bears don't think they just protect the young. Not only relevant of our protagonist's behavior, but also about her mother's, Abby. Mm-hmm. Since season one, Abby Griffin made choices the viewer didn't agree with. She even got the blame for it. Because she did it for her daughter, and sometimes it was unexplained. But now, at this moment, we start to understand why. Mm-hmm. Motherhood profoundly changes a woman. It's not until we have children that you can relate to the actions and choices mom did to achieve one goal, to protect us. So, that's Clark's aim, currently. We follow her point of view. She is com- a committed mother, and Bellamy is now... is presented as a traitor despite his peaceful intention. Clark made him promise to keep her to keep Maddie safe. Nevertheless, he broke her trust. And now he must pay the price in the betrayal physically. I completely agree with that. I think I think that was one of the failures of the last episode was that we spent because Clark was chained up, we were automatically uh, going to sympathize with her more because Bellamy quite literally had power over her. Mm-hmm. And that, because Clark is our, like, our main hero, having someone put her in chains and go against her wishes, that does sort of automatically make them an antagonist or a protagonist. Mm -hmm. And even though we can kind of reach to see Bellamy's reasons, it's it's more clear and more apparent why Clark hated it and that her actions were more justifiable because she's a mother. Mm -hmm. But I also really celebrate that because for, you know, three seasons, people thought Abby was a horrible person and a horrible mother for doing the exact same things that Clark's doing now. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it turned it, it you you got to be a mom or understand moms to really get that you're not always doing things from a logical place. Mhm. Mhm. In the pit, we will see his battle and at the end I never thought what Octavia said in the previous episode would be incredibly important in Bellamy's relation Bellark's relationship now that Bell is perceived as the betrayer. I don't know why, but I can hear Kylo's Kylo Ren's voice screaming from the distance, Traitor! And also the guy from the this vine, I don't know if you know him, but screaming, When will you learn that your action has consequences? When will you learn that your actions have consequences? <laughs> Please insert that audio. Because yeah. you freaking fricks just can't ever be quenched. Your, your fantasies can't ever be quenched, can they? You freaking fricks. When will you learn? When will you learn that your actions have consequences? I know I met some. Uh, sorry, a lot of fine references. So, excuse me for that. So, I think I will finish with some bonus and some special shout out to my boy, my badass Murphy, who's just the greatest. And I just want to clap, to take a minute to clap because he was just amazing. Always clap for Murphy. And also, shout out to Diosa, who is a brave woman with a capital W. Yes! And wow. Wow. If you get this fine <laughs> reference, uh, that, that would be so good because I think I'm, I'm just making a fool of myself doing that. She's not, she's not. You're so valid and I understand all of them. Anyway, and also a special shout out to this random stone which caused the civil war. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. And in the end, this that Zavin smiling, which really made flutter my heart and got me like Wendy Williams. I can't get out. I can't get out. <laughs> this is just nuts. <laughs> I love this. Even though I'm still not sure which um, turn their relationship will have, I'm still curious about that. And I'm still very... Very, I'm just getting too emotional because it took them six episodes to be finally possibly canon and Belarc five, maybe five seasons. So I think patience is a virtue. So we will wait again. I, I just love the, the objectivity that um, our listeners have that they share with us because it makes me feel like, like we're not crazy for wanting to sort of look at all sides of things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because like, you know, the overall royal we of the fandom is a very polarized place. And so mm -hmm. to have people come in and say, here's my perspective as someone who's in this fandom and I have a more peaceful way of thinking about it. I just, it's really refreshing and it makes me feel really glad that people will come to us and feel comfortable expressing these things. Yeah. Uh, anyway, writing, they say that writing is a good therapy. Uh, well, writing to you definitely helped me to overcome my depression. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, cause she was sad about Bellark. Yeah. And Jason reminded us well of this because season five will be definitely a real, a hell of a ride. 
And yes, I thank him a lot for this tweet because I joked when I first saw it on Twitter. Um, but now he, he was he was right. He, he was definitely <laughs> right. <laughs> and in the end, I just want to remind you that um, I respect every opinion about Belarc, whether they might be considered as platonic or romantic. This may is just enlighten, enlightening um, my own perception about them and how the story focuses on their slow burn leading possibly to kiss by the end of the finale. I'm just saying that the um, camera's angles especially the cinematography that uh, Jason uh, uh, especially developed through uh, this uh, series uh, leads us to believe that Bellark is going to be a little bit romantic. There is a lot of close-up. Um, the body language is very relevant of uh, of a potential romantic arc for them. So yes, it's just my personal opinion, and I don't want to take the blame for it. <laughs> we'll take the blame for it. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, well, all in all, I can't wait for your review. I love your podcast and keep going. You are doing an amazing job reviewing the series. And, um, and yes, this is amazing in such an authentic way. Uh, and I love uh, your meme or Vine references as well as the cinema, cinema's reference, which is amazing. <laughs> I love this. I love this. <laughs> Uh, so keep going, and may may I write to you again? Absolutely. This is just uh, an eighteen Parisian girl who likes too much the hundred. Oh. <laughs> and sorry if I made some mistakes because English is not my um, my first language. We got it all. <laughs> and yes, <laughs> uh, love from Paris, and uh, have a nice day. I love her. Thank you for sending us an email. We liked it. That was so cute. And I'm so glad that you like feel better after writing it. Because writing really is cathartic. Yeah. And that's why it, it sometimes it's nice when we sit down and like, I don't know how I feel about an episode until we talk about it. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm like oh, there are my yeah. thoughts. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I feel better now. Yeah. So I'm so glad that we get to do that. And she feels better. And hopefully everyone also will take away like, the great points that she was making as well. Yeah. Thank you. Bunker time. Now Robin is going to go back to recapping and my value girl-ness will be less. Oh, finally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Should we apologize for our last episode? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Um, Because I was hosting and because the way I fill spaces in my brain, I say, um, but I say like more. Yeah. And I think I infected Robin with that. I mean, I would hold Robin responsible, but she well, yeah, you kind of talk like that, don't you? I kind of do. Well, the difference is, I think that the Vlogbrothers actually made a really, really good, if I remember correctly, they made a really good video mm-hmm. about it. And ha- Like, when you say, um, it's because you, like, don't know what you're going to say next. And when you say like, it's because you know what you want to say, but you're just not sure how to say it yet. That's exactly right. Like, silence and ums for me are when I'm trying to, like, grasp the words. Yeah. But like is when I'm I'm on a huge tan- tangent and I want to just keep talking and I'm kind of finding it as I go. Yeah, like means my sentence isn't over. Don't interrupt me. I'm, a, I'm almost there. Yep. Yeah. So I do apologize for the amount of likes there was in the last lot. pod. Yeah. I, there was, yeah, I tried counting. And, I, and honestly, after a while, I gave up cutting them out. We, I couldn't do it yeah. anymore. So, so hopefully this one's better. I've intentionally tried not to say it. Oh, good. I have not. So, <laughs> Well, now we shall see how you do. Okay.
Um, so we are in the bunker. And turns out 50% of their people won't march because Maddie. <laughs> but they're saying, oh, it doesn't matter because we outnumber Dioza's people, even without I- our 50%. I'm like, that's a lot. Okay, you might outnumber them, but they have, like, really big guns and a spaceship with guns and, like, a bunch of bombs, so. Exactly. So, Octavia's like, um, we can't really do that without the worms. And Clark literally just stowed away with them, so great. I really, I I say this a lot, but I really did not see this season having such a heavy focus on worms. Yeah. Hmm. You know? Yeah. We expected the cannibalism, not so much the worms. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely prepared for the cannibalism. The mm-hmm. worms were a pleasant surprise. So, uh, Brell, who is a person that we knew from the beginning of the season, but is now important suddenly. She was blanket girl, right? She was mad about the blankets? Sh- I do believe she was mad about the blankets. She's like one of the delegates or something. Yeah. yeah. And so she's like, here's what you gotta do. You gotta give them, like, no choice. Say either you gotta unite but behind, you know, either you're one Hedda or you're going in the pits. She's like, I, I would love it. Wait, what? what? <laughs> Do you mean you're either Blood Reina or you're going in the pits? What did I say, one Hedda? You said one Hedda. <laughs> okay, well, I would. That's because I would prefer that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh um, for sure. But she's like, listen, I love the commander as much as the next person, probably more. Um, and I would love it if you would bow to Maddie, but I know you're not going to. So. Here's another idea I had. I love the logic of this. I love how honest she is, which is something that we don't really see with people in Octavia. People are afraid to be honest to her. Well, I mean, I think because Octavia was like, do you disagree? Because if you agree, then I don't need you. (laughs) She's like, I'm just looking for debates. Yeah, I like that. I like that she was like, give me your opinion. And Brel was like, okay, so here it is. I don't really want you to be leader, but you want you to be leader and I can't do anything about that. So here are your options. And then we have the shot where Octavia looks into the mirror and I'm like, hmm, will this be paralleled? Hmm, I like this shot. I love um, especially what Henry and Cusick did with Marie's visual parallels here. Yes. Where he started her, and he also started the episode off um, farther away. Like he doesn't push as much in on her face. Yes. But the farther into the episode you go, the closer and closer you get to Octavia's face. Like you get more and more inside her head. And I'm almost sure he didn't do this on purpose, but mirrors is also like a really important theme in Lost. So cute. (laughs) Robin mentioned Lost. uh, Take your second shot. Oh, it's been like at least three this time at this point. Well, I'm fine then. So Indra is praying and she's like, well, I thought the commander thing was over. And she's like, it was over, but now it is not over. So interesting that Indra prays. I I wasn't really expecting that. Because even when Hayda was around, did she pray? No, I don't think so. She didn't really have to. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Remember that time when Octavia was like, sorry, Roan, the flame is broken. Mm, What? I love how Octavia's main problem right now is the flame. And like, if she had just let Ilian destroy the flame at the beginning of season four, she wouldn't have this problem. But it was literally her um, wow. who was like, nah, Gaia, keep that. Let's kill your necklace. I didn't think about that. Yeah, me neither until literally just now. Do you, th- do you think Octavia literally looks back at that mm. moment and was like, hmm, I made some mistakes. <laughs> Oops. But also remember yeah. that, Octavia. I mean, I know that Blood Rain is crazy and that Octavia is mm-hmm. sort of off the rails this season. But I still like this better than season four, Octavia. Yeah? I... Season four, Octavia, to me, it felt like she didn't really know what she was doing. And then the relationship with Ilion was just weird. It wasn't until um, Dial Dimerily when she went into the Conclave where I was like, okay, now they're finding where Octavia needs to be. 
I would just like to say that I shipped Octillion and I will stand by it. Thank you. You you Thanks. you go for um, it. Um So she's like, you know, the day that you made me your second was like the best day ever because it really felt like you believed in me and everything and you know, you gave me strength and stuff and I and Indra's like, you were already strong. I didn't have to do that. And I'm like, "Oh man, this is a real cute scene if it wasn't tinged with terror." This hurts my heart, especially because in that episode where Octavia proves herself and finally wins Indra's uh-huh. trust. You know who picks her up when she falls down? Who is it? Kane. Yeah. Kane picks her up and says, you don't have to do this. And Octavia says, yes, I do. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh, uh-oh. There's a lot like, going on. Oh, it just <laughs> it hurts right deep in my heart. So uh, Indra's like, well, I wasn't betraying you. I was blood... I was betraying Bloodraina, who I don't like. <laughs> yeah, I don't like her either. If I put you guys in the pit and do all this garbage, do you think everyone will be on my side? And she's like, yeah, but you already know that. So you're clearly here for an excuse. You're stalling, buckaroo. I think that's like, okay, I want to know your opinion on the separation that this scene establishes between Bloodraina mm-hmm. and Octavia. Do you think that by dissociating the two... They're trying to set up that Octavia can be saved, but Bloodraina cannot? Um, uh, I don't know if that's what they are trying to set up, but if they do try and do that, I call BS. Yeah, because that's what I'm a little bit worried about here. I don't see... Is sort of giving them an out. Yeah, um, I don't know. I didn't think of it like that, but... I, I, that's all I could think. I don't really like it. Because, I mean, Indra very textually says, I betrayed Bloodraina, not Octavia. Yes. Like, well, this reminds me, like, when we all thought that maybe Bellamy was going to be irredeemable in season three, but rather than being like, oh, that was a different Bellamy, he owned up to his problems and he apologized and learned from them. So if they're mm-hmm. saying, oh, that wasn't even me, that was a completely different person, I'm like, well, or you can yeah. be sorry. But it, it's hard because... And I, I mean, obviously, it's because we haven't seen the yes. Dark Years, so we don't really know everything. I mean, I just assume cannibalism at this point because I want it to be cannibalism yes. so Is bad. Is Sam here? Uh, no. <laughs> I was going to be like, come in, Sam. Um, a hint, please. <laughs> Is it? Is it cannibalism? <laughs> cannibalism? Blink once for yes and twice for no. And then you'll just let me know if she blinks, but don't let anyone else know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to. We'll just keep it a secret between you and me that a whole bunch of other people can hear. Ha ha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, I mean, whatever it was, we've seen, you know, Bellamy did the one thing off screen, and then we had Heckledama, and then Bellamy sort of, by, I think by the time 309 came around, he decided to help Abby save Lincoln and Kane. Yeah. But we've had a whole season plus six years mm-hmm. of what we're going to see of what Octavia yeah. did. Oh, I am... Very excited. And I don't have to work next week so I can watch it live. Exactly. That's so good for you. I feel great excitement about this. But it kind of makes me wonder, like, how do you how do you come back mm. from that? Like, how do you save Octavia? And I think the only way to do it is to say that Blood Reina is a different person from Octavia and that Octavia is trapped inside Blood Reina somewhere. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about don't know. it. Don't know how I feel. Okay. Uh, Okay, so Indra's like, okay, well, if you go through with this, just so you know, like, the person who's gonna win is Gaia, because I'm gonna kill Bellamy, and I sure as heck aren't, ain't gonna kill my own daughter. So, 
if that's who you want to live, that's what's going to happen. Um, I'm pleased with this development. I mean, yeah, I mean, but could we really have expected any no, less? No, of course not. But like, no, I don't know. I just appreciated her saying it. Yep. I appreciated her being like, just so you it- know, I'm still a freaking mom. Yep, and that's my kid, and I can't save you, so I'm gonna save her. That's my kid, so I'd rather die than even watch, like, it doesn't even have to be Indra killing her. Seeing Bellamy kill her, she's like, nah. And it kind of neatly um, parallels what Octavia says later about, I love Indra, but you're my blood. Indra's saying, I love you, but Gaia is my blood. So if your brother has to die, and I have to die to keep Gaia alive, I will do it. Yeah. So in the yep. next scene we have, Octavia goes down to the hydro farm and Monty is killing it. And by that mean I mean the opposite of killing it, because everything's growing. He's, he's alive in it. it. And so she's like He is thriving. Thriving it. So she's like, Hey Monty, um, do you have like a plan to save Bellamy or something? And he's like, um, yeah. <laughs> I got the impression that he didn't, but then I thought about it and I'm like, maybe he did. Yeah. And he was like, yes, I'm just going to come out and yell at people with a flower. Wait, maybe that really was his plan the entire time. I know. I didn't think about that, but then I watched it, rewatched it today and I was like, oh, maybe he really did want to just yell at people with a flower. Like, I think maybe his plan was if Octavia hadn't gone to him, mm-hmm. he would have gone to her and done the ex- <sighs> Monty, he's, he's just, just too, too good, good for this. Yeah. You know, the the world doesn't deserve Monty. And so she's like, okay, well, here's what I want to do. I want you to go see Bellamy and just tell him that uh, Indra has some weaknesses and yeah, we're cheating. We're definitely cheating. Um, is that cool? Yeah. And Monty's like, <laughs> no. Monty's like, I'm going to say the D word. I already decided to be like a major pacifist. I'm out. Um, he's important and valid. Yeah. And I also love that Monty actually really doesn't have much of a fear of Octavia. No, at all. Because no. he, he wasn't, he didn't go through hell. So he looks at her and he's like, hey, you're a dictator. Yeah. <laughs> and Octavia's like, that word is upsetting. I see right through you, madam. But I really love that. Like, she doesn't scare him. Mm-hmm. Like, he, she threatened to put him in the pit and he was going to do it again. He was going to call her a, di- a dictator yeah. again. And that's the thing is she's just like, oh, everybody fights. I'm like, not Monty. Put Monty nope. in that pit, and he she, ain't doing nothing. Like, no one has told her for the last six years that she's a giant dictator. Because yeah. they can't. Yeah. Because if they had, if they'd spoken out against her, she'd have had them killed. But Monty's like, hey, you're making some bad decisions. Yeah. Um, Why don't you check yourself before you wreck yourself even yeah. further? You've already been wrecked. Maybe don't threaten to kill your brother. I don't know. Just a wild thought. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just a quick suggestion. Eh, you do you. Like, just, uh, do you want to have, like, a quick sesh where we talk about the stupid things you're doing and how you don't have to do them? Thanks. So she's like, okay, well, I mean, he poisoned me with the exact right amount of algae, which is yours, so did he, you help with that? And Monty's like, I'm not gonna pretend to know. Do you think that he helped? Uh, I don't think that he helped. I think it was a coincidence. I don't know, because okay. he's just like, oh, I'm not going to take any more lives. And I, okay, so so now I kind of see it, it either he could have not helped and be like, no, what, why would I do that? But also, he was like, let's kill Octavia. I don't care. But then he's like, I don't want to take any more lives. So he's like, better help him just in case he gives her like too much or whatever. So I don't know. It's like, does he not want to kill Octavia or does he want to kill Octavia? So I'd see it either way, I guess. 
Yeah, I think if Bellamy went and asked how much he needed to do just to knock her out, Monty probably gave him the correct amount. <laughs> Monty's like, I'm not going to pretend to ask what this is for. I'm just going <laughs> to give you a scientific fact. And whatever you do with it is not my responsibility. That's your problem. So he's like, listen, look at this. I literally saved the farm. Like, we could fix this. This is all good. And then we could do it up there. And, and, and this is still livable, too. So no one has to be mad and fight. Monty could regrow the earth. Yeah. Farmers won't if save that... the, the earth. Well, maybe they heck and will. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that gets me every time she says the warriors will. And I'm like, mm, but will you? Because y'all still need plants. I, I feel this foreshadowing. I feel this is foreshadowing that the farmers will save the world. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be some kind of like time jump or something like that where the algae is used to basically rebuild life on Earth. I'm looking up ghost apple. Ew, ghost apples look weird. Oh, I want to see. Google ghost apple. Oh, I am. Ghost apple. Oh my god, they're so cool. They're pure white apples. They look like a bunch of tiny skulls. I love them. I went on like a thing about plants and they're just telling me about the plants, but I want to know the symbolism. Ghost apple tree, which was a fake tree. Yes. Just so we're all clear, Anthony. Be spicy about this for ages. I hope Anthony likes all these shout outs we give him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Looks like I have no symbolism upon this. So cool. That was fun. So he's like, yeah, we don't even need the valley. And she's like, oh, too bad I don't care. Bye. So are you like going to help or what? And Monty's like, mm, no. 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 I don't want to. Sorry. And then we see Harper and I'm like, oh, who's that? Yay. Thank you. Um, I just want to point out something. Okay. Harper had a line. I know. Whoa. It was exciting. Also... Would you like to talk about the phrase Adam and Eve? I mean, yes. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> um, that they are farmer Adam and Eves and not cosmic. Okay, I was hoping that that's what you were going for. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so you know who cosmic Adam and Eve are? I do, I do. Oh my god, oh my god, you in the front, tell me who it is. It's Kane and Callie. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> He said it to Callie about Abby. What is wrong with you? No. Yes, that's literally what it was. If I have to bring us down to a cosmic Adam and Eve, I will. Yeah. He says us. He's talking about Callie. No, but he's talking about Abby. He, does, he doesn't even like Abby yet. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm confused. <sighs> this is a whole debate that we can only have when Sam's here. Talk to me about the phrase cosmic Adam and Eve. Because I think he's talking about... People who don't he, remember the pilot are confused. Yeah, Kane says this to Callie in the pilot because Callie is talking about how she can't let Kane kill Abby and arrest her. And she says, she's my best friend. And then Kane says, if I have to take us down to a cosmic Adam and Eve, I will. And to me, that kind of like symbolized like Abby was the one betraying, you know, like biting the apple. Do you know what I mean? Oh, And like, she was the one who caused the trouble in the Garden of Eden, where, which is exactly the way that, you know, Eve was. That's not how I interpreted that line at all. Well, how did you interpret I it? I interpreted it as him saying, like, if 
I, to keep all of us safe, if if the only two people in the world who are safe are Adam and Eve, which is me and you, and we're the only last two people in the world that have to, like, start the world over again, then that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but why would he do that about a woman that he didn't value enough to even try and listen to her opinion on her, like, killing her best friend? I fully agree. Not everything has to make sense. Well, I guess so. Also, season one, Marcus Kane, who's that? Yeah, who I don't know I don't who know he is. know that man as if he works with logic. <sighs> don't know him. Okay. Can't, can't acknowledge him. Just kidding. He is part of Kane. <laughs> and I love that, like, sometimes a little bit of him comes yes. out. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Sometimes you are a jerk. Well, that's another thing. Is It's just like Octavia and Bloodraina aren't two people. They're the same person. Yep. You know. Like, you can't. You can't separate the two. They're all part of one person. So Octavia's like, must be nice being an Adam and Eve down here while everyone else is like busy doing terrible things. And they're like, actually, it freaking sucks. Because they're just down there waiting for death. But it's better than what you're freaking doing. Mm-hmm. So whatever. And Octavia's like, whatever, you had to be there. Um, no one wanted to be there, Octavia. No. <laughs> and so she's like, the farmers won't save the world, the warriors will. And I'm like, why doesn't everyone save the world? What if the warriors and the farmers got together and had cool ideas? Eh? Which is kind of what Lexa was trying to do when she wanted to unite the clans. Eh? Yep. So, in our next scene, Octavia is kind of reminiscing and we're getting some flash, like, just, like, a little bit of flashbacks to just some stuff about childhood Mm -hmm. and also death. And so she goes to visit Bellamy because I love that Monty was like, no, do it yourself. And she was like, ugh. Okay. (laughs) Like, um, all guess. right, I guess I'll go do my own and work, so I guess. so she talks about a game they used to play called Lily Pads, because I guess the floor is lava is copyrighted. <laughs> they were like, mm, sounds too millennial, yeah. can't do it. <laughs> Lily Pads is fine. So the first one who touches the ground loses. Okay. So, Robin, do you want to talk about that? Okay. So I watched the episode last night. And she said, "No way! I know the first one who touches the ground loses." And I went, "Oh, I know who the first one who touched the ground was." And so I paused the paused it because I wasn't watching live. I paused it and I turned to my mom and said, "Ah, the first one who touches the ground loses." And she was like, oh. "So I tweeted it, and now it has like three hundred likes." Yeah, because you're right. I didn't, and like only one other person has tweeted me being like, "Yeah, duh," like. Did you guys not know? <laughs> That's rude. And I was like, I don't know. No one else picked up on it. I don't know. I know. That's why I was like, what? Okay. I didn't expect it to blow up because I thought other people had picked up on it already. So, well, first I was like, oh, I'm going to tweet that. And my mom was like, oh, save it for your podcast. And I was like, no, then someone else will think of it before me. Mm, yeah. She's right. So my main thing about this is it's like, it's not like what, the rules usually are, which is the first person who touches the floor. The floor is lava. She the floor says is lava. The f- she says the word ground, which is what they've been using to talk about Earth this whole time. It's foreshadowing. Ooh, okay. She was the first person to set foot on the ground. First person who touches the ground loses. Okay. 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 Lose. Okay. Thank you. Yep. I mean, yeah. feel like she already has. And she's yeah. like, you always let me win. <laughs> Bellamy just like, whoops, and falls to the ground all the time. <laughs> Also, Bellamy's probably like regretting yeah, that seriously. right now. He's like, "Oh, I should have raised her to take loss. <laughs> take a little the bit L. Better. 
<laughs> oh, needs to take the L a lot uh, with more grace than she does now. So the last time they played, she fell and she cut her lip and she there was blood all over the place and she was like really scared. And so Bellamy cut his arm and now he has a scar. The, he yeah. has a new scar that we've never seen before. And he's like, oh, I was just trying to save, I'm still trying to save you from yourself. Clark took the worms and then she, he's talking about how she's kind of a bad leader because she's killing, she's letting her people die when they don't have to. She is a bad leader. At this point, the only thing that's, like, driving yeah. the war is her ego. Dioza was willing to compromise and be like, okay, I mean, give me one death, yeah. which is Octavia, yeah. and you can have the valley. And I mean, like, don't say that people should die in order to get stuff, but Octavia is willing to kill Kane- hundreds of people. <laughs> On the scale of badness, it's high. Kane would love to design another subdivision. Yes, come on over. Oh my god, right? He just wants to be a city planner. All of this garbage that you've made up is just stories from your childhood. Like, this is a joke. This is so dumb. Yeah. You're just scared and I can tell. And she's like, ugh, well, the only reason I came over here was to tell you that Indra has a weakness and it's the shoulder that Pike shot her in and so you were also there then and... She says that she loves Indra and recall to earlier in the season when Indra tells Octavia that she loves her and she says, I would never say that to you. So she would say it behind her back, but she wouldn't say it to her face. You know, it's okay to tell people that you love them. I do it all the time. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, love is not weakness. No, and that's the right. lesson that both Clark and Lexa learned because yeah. to live without love basically just means that you're Octavia and you're miserable and nothing really good happens. So love stuff and people and things. Other than murder. Octavia says that Bellamy should make Indra take the hammer because Gaia will take the staff, which is a spear, and Bellamy should take the sword. So I was like, ooh, well, let's see what actually happens. Because, like, Bellamy at one point, I think, looks over and, like, sees the hammer and is like, ooh, should I make the bad decision? And he doesn't. And he doesn't because (laughs) it all goes downhill because Gaia does grab the spear. But then Indra takes out Gaia real quick and then takes the spear from her. He's still, like, he thought about it and then he was like, I don't think he would have done it. I think he would want, I think he respects Indra enough. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. But I think he respects Indra enough to try and take her out in a fair fight. Mm Mm-hmm. So Bellamy's like, okay, well, here are your options. You can call it off or you can watch me die tonight because I'm not going to fight. And she's like, everyone fights. Like, even freaking Kane fought. And he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to. So there's no coming back from this. But and this is whatever. the thing. Mm. Is Kane fought and then it broke him. Yeah. So he decided he wasn't going to fight again. Mm. Kane would be so proud of Bellamy right now. Aww. He would be. Because I love people who stand up to dictator Octavia. Yeah. That's my aesthetic. And then she says that she's already dead. Yo, can we talk about this line? Is Octavia dead and now she's Blood Reina? Like, what does it mean? I think the way that Marie delivered this line, it, this line so easily could have been very melodramatic. Mm-hmm. But I think the the broken way that Marie delivered it made it feel like she really is kind of just dead inside. Yeah. Like, there's nothing left of her. Uh-huh. And I think that part of that happened when Lincoln died. Yeah. Then the rest of it happened during the dark year. Like, there's really nothing of her soul left. I don't think that means that Blood Reina is her soul identity, but I think it means that any shrap of humanity that she could have had is gone. I'm interested to see how they're moving Octavia forward past this season. But I'm even more interested in seeing how they're planning on moving forward the people who 
were also changed quite drastically by Octavia, like Jackson and Miller. Like, are we getting our Jackson mm-hmm. and Miller back? Like, who are they going to be once Blood Reina is no longer? And Nyla. And, like, yeah. And everyone who's, like, messed up by the dark year. Like, how do they then reconcile going forward knowing that even though they did those things, they did eventually get out? And, like, was it worth it? Also, where's Ethan? Um, they ate him. No! Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, now Octavia is like looking in the mirror again, is going to cut her wrist and then chooses to cut her arm in the exact place that Bellamy's scar was. I love the framing of this scene. Yeah. Um, I love how it was shot. I love Marie's facial expressions and like sort of like the coldness on her face. Um, they're... There is kind of some rough implications here. I kind of wish they told us that there was going to be some actual self-harm. I And I don't have any experience with self-harm, so I don't feel no. like I can really speak about it either. I have some experience, but not enough that I am in any way triggered by it. But I know that a lot of people are. And I know that trigger is a word that is mocked a lot. Yeah. But I do wish that someone had said, hey, by the way... Octavia slices open her own skin to feel something. Yeah. So I don't know. And you know what? This is similar. Like she's done this sort of thing before. She tried to walk out into the acid rain to feel something, you know? Yeah. Cause Octavia, yeah. Like Octavia in season four was on autopilot. I don't think she ever recovered from Lincoln dying. Yeah. So it, it is very in line with her character to do. Yeah. Um, if anyone else has more in depth thoughts on it we will give a trigger warning before your email slash audio uh if you would like to send something in yeah Yeah. um so she uses her own blood as makeup and earlier she said that the (laughs) blood of her and the blood of our enemies is our armor so now she is the enemy question mark i just i needed a minute because you and sam made the same observation (laughs) sam it's literally in sam's review which you can read on telltaletv.com um sam literally said she is her own enemy now yeah. I love that. I also love the framing of this shot mm. where he just pushes in on like the mirror. So it's kind of like the duality of her still. Yeah. Except one of them's broken. Exactly. Mm. And then she rubs it on her face and I'm like, oh my God, I thought Abby was going to be the one who was the edgelord this season, but it's you. <laughs> you shop at Hot Topic. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one who needs to shower. We all shop at Hot Topic. Even I shop at Hot Topic. You know what I meant. (laughs) She shops at the gothy part of Hot Topic. Oh, yeah. 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 So Gaia and Indra are talking. Gaia is just like, as if, mom, I'm literally not going to kill you. So don't know how that's going to happen. And she's like, listen, they need a show. Like, you literally can't just be the last. You need to also be fun to watch. Because otherwise you end up like, hey. Oh, my God. It's Big Brother. Oh, my God. Goodbye. I'm not talking to you anymore. Dude. I'm sorry. Big Brother is... A fantastic show, and I will stand by it forever. Um, But, like, you can't just be the last. You also have to be fun to watch. Yeah, if you don't give people a show, there's no point. And the audience craves that entertainment. And it's not like they had anything to watch. Exactly. So Octavia literally, like, walked into the ring and was like, are you entertained? And they were like, yes. Yep. (laughs) So... Guy is like, yeah, whatever, as long as Maddie's okay. Womp, doesn't matter. And she's like, you can't kill Octavia because then they'll kill you. And Guy's like, we're well past that. Yeah, we're, we're well past that. That was a John Mulaney quote. Thank you. Yes, it was. I'm really hoping that you answered a clip. <laughs> then you go to brunch with people and they're like, there shouldn't be a horse in the hospital. And it's like, we're well past that. 
also, I love this moment where Bellamy just walks in and he's basically like, oh, whoa, you guys, did I miss anything? <laughs> what happened in here? The energy yeah. in here is weird. Like weird vibes in here. And so he's like, so like, what do we do? If, like, what happens if we don't fight? And they're like, yeah, this has already happened. Like, she'll literally just execute you. And he's like, okay, but will she? Like, will she? Yes, she will. The guy's like, are you, sh- like, are you literally just working on the hope that she won't kill you? And he's like, um, yeah, <laughs> that's all I have. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, that's, that was the whole summation there. And so Gaia walks away and Indra's like, okay, now it's our one-on-one scene. Maybe Octavia won't execute me or you, but she fully will execute, execute Gaia. So yes. once again, can't do that. So you'll be first. Hope you won't be embarrassed. Bye. And the thing that I like here mm. is that Indra at least is like, I'll do it yeah. quick. You know? Like I'll spare I'll spare you pain. Yes. Like that's as kind as she can be, yes. It is. It's the only kindness, and I think it's something that Bellamy actually really respects. Yeah. He's like, Thanks, yeah. Mom. Yeah. So uh, I I don't know if you saw anybody, but I didn't recognize anybody else in that room. Mm, no. She's saying that who somebody in this like pit will have a second chance to be called brother, sister, or teacher. I really thought she was gonna say mother. Um so was I. And I was really disappointed. I was really excited. I was like, oh. But then she did it. But I, yeah. Seda, I think, is a great title. But yeah, I wanted to hear Mother. It doesn't mean as much. Especially because yeah. it's not even English. Like, if she said teacher, it still but, wouldn't have meant as much as Mother. But I do like that sister is something that she thinks yes. Gaia of. Yeah, that, let's pretend that the, all the words in that sentence yes. were in the right order. Good. Kay. So then she's like, okay, be the last. And so Gaia goes for the spear. And I heard someone say, Bellamy, watch out. And it sounded <laughs> like Jackson, but I don't know. Someone's on yeah, Team Bellamy. someone's on Team Bellamy. I thought it sounded like Jackson. I don't know. I just thought it sounded like Sachin. I have no basis for that, except I know what Sachin sounds like. Because I've heard him talk a yep. lot. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, so Bellamy gets the sword and... Indra gets the staff because Gaia kind of got knocked out a little bit. His arm gets cut and Bellamy's literally like, ugh. Like, you know what this reminds me of, actually? You know how Hmm. Maddie was like, ugh, I could suck like I said I was going to, but like, I'm so good, you know? Like, why should I waste it? It's like, Bellamy's like, I said I was going to suck, but like, I practiced for six years. And he was also, I think in that moment, he he had the Abbey moment, which is, I'm weak or I want to stand for something, but oh God, yeah. I don't actually want to die. So Gaia is awake and she almost hits Octavia, but Bellamy kind of like pushes her out of the way. So it doesn't hit Octavia. So Gaia learned a lot from Lexa, I think. Dude, that was some damn good that's aim. Literally, yeah, that was literally how Lexa took out Naya in season three during her fight with Rowan. Exactly. That totally, that totally reminded me of that. Totally. Yeah. I loved that moment. I wish Gaia's aim had just been a you little think? bit better. <laughs> yeah. You really wish that? What? Well, not really. Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, what? Like the principle of so the thing. So this is interesting because the Octavia that we remember would have been like, um, excuse me very much. Death to you. But instead she like just put it back in and she was like, I said be the last. Do it then. I think that's a sh- sh- sign of oh, weakness. yeah. Yeah. Don't you? Like people must have looked at her and gone, why yeah. didn't you just Hello? kill her? You're in charge. Yep, because then I think if it was Bellamy versus Indra, even though she gave Bellamy the tips, I think Indra would still kill Bellamy. Oh, yeah. 
Yep, totally. So she needs Gaia in there. Because also, Indra is a trained warrior. She knows where her weaknesses are. And she knows that even if her enemies don't know where her weaknesses are, that's somewhere that she extra needs to protect. So I'm sure she's ready to protect that place. Exactly. But either way, Monty runs in and he's like, wait, you have two choices. The farm. Monty is a hero. The farm will work. So you can do that if you want. And Brel is like, what? You lied. Hang on. And this is like the point where you really see that Octavia has gone yeah. too far. You know, like she, all of these people now have a choice and even that she hid it from them is yeah. And they're like, hey, we all hate you now. And so Miller's like, what do you want me to do? And she's like, nah. And she just goes. Because, well, I love that. Because the minute that he revealed that, her ego couldn't handle it. Her ego fully, like, Octavia's ego is out of control. For someone who's dead inside, she's just replaced all of her feelings with pride. So she was like, "Mm, okay, gonna go get rid of this and just burn Monty's dreams to the ground. How do you do that? How do you do that to your people? How do you look Monty in the face and go, you must admit to me? It's Monty. How how do you do it? Those were all his hopes and dreams. That was literally his hope for the future. Like he had like plans with Harper. He was like, we are going to live here forever. This is where we are going to live and we are going to sustain our lives here. And and she burned it down. Yep. Monty and Kane have all the same ideas. She burned it to the ground. Yep. I just where where do you where do you go from there? Where do how you get off? Like this is the point where I kept going all season. I'm like, okay, how are they going to redeem Octavia, Octavia, but maybe they can do it. And then she burns down the farm and I'm like, there's no way. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever really like her again. Like, there's no way. You can't let your ego rule you yourself so much that you take away people's choice. Like, this is the alley choice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is taking away their consent. This is taking away any choice that they have. This is this is coercion. It's just how do you how do you redeem Octavia from this? I don't know. There was but yeah, I mean Chekhov's algae once more. It's Monty. Yep. You you can't do stuff like that to Monty. Like Monty's one of my favorite characters. So like this but this isn't even me being like Monty's the best. How can you be mean to him? In the same way I'd be like don't be mean to Murphy. Now I hate you. You're irredeemable because you're mean to Murphy. Everyone's like, he deserves it. <laughs> but Monty doesn't. And, then, and you're also like, yeah, he kind of deserves it. <laughs> yeah, he does. He fully does. Monty doesn't deserve this. Monty's like the lawful good of life. Yeah. Monty doesn't deserve no. this. Monty found a peaceful way to solve all their problems. The same way Kane found, Kane and Dios have found a peaceful way to solve their problems and egos keep getting in the way. The, the ego and pride is a folly for everyone in this show for mccreary especially and for octavia Cute that they have a fire alarm though love that i mean you kind of have to in a bunker with limited yeah. oxygen so lastly they all just have lots of backpacks all right okay <clears throat> i was getting where did they get all those backpacks this is the thing is i kept saying where the hell are they getting all these backpacks and i'm with claire with from metastation because we're at comic-con and you know what claire what? says to me well, they all packed up their stuff and went into the bunker with backpacks. But where did they get the backpacks then? And I was upset at that logic because they all brought them with them. From where? They're different clans. Oh. They all had, yeah, everyone brought them from their homes. I was like, how many backpacks were on the Ark? <laughs> no, the backpacks all came from all the oh. clans. I love how backpack technology has continued on. Uh, wow, good point. Maybe dogs have gone extinct, but at least we still have backpacks. Ow, 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 ow. That was a good joke, how dare Um, you. 
But what if you had backpacks on dogs? What if you had dogs in backpacks? Okay, who on this show should have a dog? Murphy should have a dog. <gasps> oh, yes, he should have a dog. Murphy should have a Kane should have a yeah. big dog. Kane should have a big shaggy dog. Kane should either have a really big dog or a really small dog. Yes, and no matter what, Abby would not like that dog, yeah. but she would grudgingly love the dog. Yes, yes. Clark doesn't have time for a dog, no, but Maddie Clark would want a dog. a dog. Yes. No, but Maddie would want a dog. Yes. I feel like Octavia would literally have Chewy. Yeah, Octavia would just have a giant friggin' yeah. Yeah. Octavia would just have Marie's dog. Yeah. Dioza oh, should gosh, have a family should... dog. I would not trust Dioza with a dog. You never know with that woman. Yeah, that's true. You know who shouldn't have a dog? Vincent. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> oh, Max and Dog. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Okay. They have rations for six days, and some of them are like, yeah, let's go to the valley, and other ones are just like, let's find the commander, fam, because that's where we need to go. Six days of rations? Do you mean six days of people? Okay, let it go. I We've s- got there. We've gotten there. They are, they are. They're people. I'm telling you. And Indra says, a warrior's death awaits. Monty and Harper are forced to go because they can't survive by themselves in the bunker, and, but he still has his little algae buddy. He has more algae. He can still save them. Yeah. Chekhov's algae. Yeah. And I also love that um, Bellamy and Indra have really come to a yeah. piece. They both really respect each other yeah. now. Which, for I think, for Indra is very, very big yeah. of her, considering what she went through. So, Indra's a badass. Is it time for our segment? Yes. So now it's time for segments. My first segment is called the Post-Apocalyptic Sass Watch. Uh, so my favorite line award this episode, of course, goes to Abby, uh, including McCreary 4. It's mine. Did she tell you that? No, but I can see why she wouldn't brag about it. I said, that's my baby, and I'm really Genius. proud. Genius. I laughed aloud. Oh. Big fan. Abby has, like, the secret sass that she's actually had since season one, but it doesn't always get let out. Also, thank you to Brittany for allowing me to use that as my favorite line of word. Thank you. Of course, because mine goes to Clark for... I will take it out faster than you can say a shindig. Okay! Because that so reminds me of my own mother. Um, And my segment is the usually Clark Griffin shower watch, but it is Octavia Blake shower watch. Not only has she not showered, but she's now covered herself in her own she's blood. She's gotten dirtier. She's gotten dirtier. Her hair is so greasy. Yeah. And her fake dreadlocks are so problematic. Yeah, very, very gross looking. Take a shower, you dirty child. <laughs> Thank My you. My next segment is the Most Valuable Protagonist Award. So this week's MVP goes to Monty. Thanks for trying. Yay. Monty, an attempt was yeah. made. Um, but like honorable mention shout out to Vincent for eating people for Abby. Mm-hmm. That was that was yeah, good. Sure. I liked that. Mm-hmm. And my second segment is the Marcus Kane beard appreciation. Good directing beard. Good directing beard. I assume the beard was good behind the camera. The beard did a great job of framing everyone beautifully. Also yeah. the colors in this episode. Just like he frames Ian's face. Good joke. Good Thank joke. You. Good Thank joke. You. Okay. Uh, how many episodes since the last murder? Oh, tell us. Oh, man. Two people were eaten. Maddie killed a guy. (laughs) Is that it? Yeah, that seems to be it. Two people were eaten. That's, that's zero episodes since the last murder. (laughs) Can you believe it? It's also zero episodes since the last cannibalism now. Oh. 
<laughs> if if the dark year isn't cannibalism, I'm gonna lose it. That's terrible grammar. <laughs> I know. That's why it was funny. This is the last cannibalism. Yeah. Active cannibalism. All right. Trailer reactions. Three, two, one. Play. play. We did things no human being t- should ever have to oh, do. Please, boy. someone protect Abigail oh, Griffin. Oh boy. Oh boy. Who is Octavius? Jesus. Oh boy, I'm excited. Oh boy. Okay. I'm very stressed out. Okay, by this. so Octavia walking up the hill Same. where the worms what are. Even- must be. Where the worms are. Worm farm. Abby, tell Do you think the whole episode is going to be framed by Abby's narration? Yes, I think Abby's going to tell the story yes! of the Yes! Okay. It's about time. I'm. It's about time we got, like, some actual Abby perspective on everything. And we've got a flashback, and you can tell because it kind of has that, like, blue tone over top of it. Yeah. I always do flashbacks with. So, Kane, Cooper, and... Shout out to Cooper for being back. And... She's alive! There's the Octavia I know. Shout out to Marie for flipping. Okay, but that... This doesn't have um, the filter on it. Oh, weird. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on and there. Th- oh, yeah, and then, like, the next one we see, it does have the filter on it. Huh. Yep. Good point. Good point. Okay. Why? But the thing is that she's shooting this person in front of everybody else, and they're all just, like, sitting there nonchalant, like, meh. I think they're all terrified. And I think uh, this is Abby being resuscitated after the OD. Uh-huh. And then... Kane's shocked at something, but it's that's some very clever editing to make it look like he was shot. Well. And then it looks like Abby's in the office. I must say I am quite excited by this. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm a lot of feelings right now. Should we outro? Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, if you are so inclined, please write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And you can also fill out our survey if you check out the link in the description. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. We have a season one podcast and a season two podcast, and we're going to be doing season three and Sabrina. Yeah. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. Season two of Lost is going out this Monday. So that's really exciting. And our guest is Claire from Metastation. And yeah, everything is good. (laughs) She's in the other room right now. Yeah. Hey, she didn't snore through this podcast. Perfect. Sometimes that happens. So proud of her. Mm. You can follow the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube. Um, as I always say, basically everything but Pinterest. Yeah, mostly Twitter, though. I still love Pinterest, though. Mm. That's not Pinterest shade. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's expensive. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Abritania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And I also run at The Hundred Script. We have a bunch of fun over there. We just finished Nevermore and the next episode is Demons. I don't know when I'm going to start that one considering I don't like it. I hate that so, episode. Oh yeah, I don't know. We'll see. If you ask me what my least favorite episode of The Hundred is, I will name that one immediately. Yeah, it's the stranger yeah. of a, in a strange land the hundred yes it is it is the that's a niche joke sorry it is the black market of the hundred which is a battlestar galactic joke join us for our next episode which sam just watched yeah if can anyone tell that i'm really jealous yeah it's the dark year we finally get to find out what drove everyone to cannibalism i am (laughs) i'm not gonna let it go i'm not gonna let it go it's okay you don't have to but also if it's not cannibalism guys (laughs) what the hell is it yeah uh anyway i'm excited Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye!